1: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Maybe it's because we've interviewed so many women with breast cancer that I assume that the rates of breast cancer were increasing over the years. But I was surprised to read from the American Cancer Society that breast cancer death rates have actually been decreasing steadily since 1989 for an overall decline of 43% through 2020. Now, the Cancer Society says the decrease in death rates is believed to be the result of finding breast cancer earlier through screening and increased awareness, as well as better treatments. Our guest today is going to tell us about her journey through breast cancer, and joining us from Oklahoma is Kelly Inman. Kelly, it's good of you to do this. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, Kelly, you've been dealing with your breast cancer since 2015. What has the journey been like for you over the years?
2: Well, I've changed a lot. I've had a huge spiritual awakening when you're faced with death, and oh my gosh, that is such kind of a hard question because I've went through the journey. You know, I went Mm -hmm. through the valley and the death, and back back up again. And I think a lot of it now, I feel secure that I have the knowledge. At the time when that happens, you're so panicked. You don't know, you know, I think when you're driven with fear, it's hard to make rational decisions. So back then I did a lot of things out of fear because I did, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't know everything like I do now.
1: Mm -hmm. You put your trust in the doctors at the time.
2: I did. And actually at the time I was diagnosed, I was extremely healthy. I ate, I eat excellent. I've taken I thought I took really good care of myself, but I think stress, Mm -hmm. having a business and things like that was a little bit too much. But I I didn't want to do any of the conventional. I wanted to do Gershon or juicing, or I had followed some doctors and had some friends that did things like going to Mexico and IVs and stuff like that. And actually I was really good friends with one of my doctors and she really discouraged me. She just said, I love you. I respect you. And many a women survive this, and you can too. So I just did it, even though I didn't want to.
1: Yeah. Before your diagnosis in July of 2015, did you suspect when you went to the doctor that you may have breast cancer?
2: Never. I never thought, I never, I always had uh, mammograms. Mm-hmm. So was
3: it through a routine mammogram then that this was discovered? Yes.
2: Okay. Yes. Okay. And what was the diagnosis, Kelly, when you got it? In 2015, it was right under two centimeters. So I really was diagnosed to stage one. But once I had the lumpectomy and they did find one positive node, I went to stage 2B.
3: Okay. Now, was this triple negative, hormone driven, triple
2: positive? Uh, Estrogen, progesterone positive, HER2 negative. negative. Yeah. Okay.
1: Thank you. Corey, that's one of the things I have trouble understanding is the various diagnoses of breast cancer, estrogen-driven, not driven. Uh-huh. Can you enlighten me a little bit? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm going to let Kelly do because she probably has a bit more knowledge. Well, you know, I mean, I have obviously a fair bit of knowledge on it, but let's let's hear it from Kelly's perspective there.
2: Well, my whole sense on the estrogen thing why i was fighting it is you know i want my estrogen why do i want to squish my estrogen but obviously for some reason this in women estrogen it can be the fuel Mm -hmm. and for me just to jump ahead that's why i chose the rso because it's helped so many people so me trying to figure out positive negative i've heard people women can switch to all all negative they can they're you know hormones can switch up so I was just going to go for something that's going to cover it all.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're quite right about it switching up. And I know that, you know, I've had the occasional patient that's actually had, say, triple negative in one breast and hormone driven breast cancer in the other breast. So,
1: yeah,
3: it's all over the map.
1: So, Kelly, when you went to the doctor and you were given this diagnosis, what went through your mind at the time?
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, for me, it's just dying a painful death. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the first thing I think, you know, my family, I really, you know, that was the first thing that I thought of, you know, was just, you know, what everyone thinks. If someone tells you they have cancer, you just immediately, you know, immediately think the worst.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think that's still, still the same today. People do, they automatically go to death. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was diagnosed way back initially, um, my, my first thought was, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my friends because everybody is always so uncomfortable. I don't know what to say, but my, yeah, death is the big thing. It, it, it's everybody connects cancer with death, even though as we well know, there's tons of people that beat it. But unfortunately that's yes. the first thing. And so we're so made up motivated by fear. And I think that's why often people choose, maybe don't make the best choices for themselves during that time, because they're coming from a place of fear. You know, they're doing the deer in the headlights and uh, plus they're being pressured as well. You know, you and I know that from the number of interviews we've done, how pressured yeah. can be, from, you know, by their doctors. So, um, so what was proposed to do with you, uh, to do with you, Kelly? What yeah. were they going to do with you?
2: <laughs> so in 2015, from my original diagnoses, mm-hmm. um, so I did a lumpectomy and three months of chemotherapy. I really fought the doctor on doing a lesser chemo because I, you know, I ask the hard questions. I asked the uncomfortable questions that doctors can't answer that I think of like, well, why do I have to do the same amount as someone who's a stage four? If I was a stage one and I'm right, I mean, I just had one node. Why do I have to do what someone that's already spread to their bones? You know, it's just the standard. They do,
3: standard I was standard. not
2: going to do any type of chemotherapy that's called the red double. I mean, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I just, I talked, my doctor, my oncologist at the time, she was great. And she listened to me and would take the time. And um, so I did the lesser, I did four sessions every three weeks, and then the 32 rounds of radiation, which was probably more emotional because I had to go every single day. And I just, in all my being would cry the whole time because I felt I shouldn't be doing it, mm-hmm. is how I felt at the time. Right. And then did the estrogen blocker for three years. So I came off that in 2019. They had went from three years to five years to seven years to 10 years, and I already have osteoporosis from it. Oh, dear. And the neuropathy from the chemotherapy and just –
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, I knew I had to rebuild my body back after everything.
3: Right now, so you did get the all clear after you went
2: through all of that, then? You know, in in Oklahoma, they don't really give you an all clear or ever say that you're cancer free. Because I asked them that, and they just said no, no evidence of disease or remission.
3: Okay, so, so what you would
2: know, call it, it, but right? I, I I'll, I'll, wasn't doing PET scans every year to oh, make mm-hmm. sure. You know, I mean, they don't do that. How long were you no evidence of the disease then? So it would have been, well, I finished all my treatment in 2016. And I still would see my oncologist once a year for labs, which all my labs have been great. They really think that possibly it has been growing underlying from my original and then came to my other breast. And it did because it, it's growing really slow. So, I mean, they've never told me I was ever cancer free or no sign of disease or anything like that, which, you know, I realize now when they give you a reoccurrence rate right here, it's for five years. So, mm-hmm. if you do all the conventional, you know, you have, you know, 92%. And I'm guessing here to make it to the five years before you have a reoccurrence. So, I made the reoccurrence what they gave me, which was like 96.8%. I mean, that is a great percentage, I'll take that. But then I realize it was just a five year percentage guesstimate.
1: <laughs> now, Kelly, before you were diagnosed with cancer of your other breast and you went through these these three months of chemo 32 radiation treatments, which sounds horrible as hell, how did you feel uh physically and emotionally after it was over?
2: I will tell you. I was in the pit of hell, squishing all your estrogen, having, you know, part of your body, you know, that you love, you know, mess with, Mm -hmm. and then just the emotional part to go through all that and think, you know, what if it comes back? I mean, I really, my personality did change a lot. And that was from the estrogen, all the hormones and everything just, um, I really didn't feel like myself at the time. I started doing a lot of juicing. I've been vegan and vegetarian and I just heavy meditation working out. And I knew I just had to put my mind to it to build my body back. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, cancer is a very emotional thing. I mean, it's very hard on your friends and your family and some people can't handle it. You know, I mean, I did lose a lot of friends. It was clients, but then I gained so much great people.
1: I was going to ask you if you lost friends because of it. People were just kind of, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And they're fearful that they may have it as well. Is that right?
2: I'm in the beauty industry. So I worked with clients, you know, every hour on the hour. And I noticed some of my clients didn't come back. And I think it's because it hurts too much or they've lost someone to cancer and they're going to be reminded all the time. Or they don't know what to say, or they don't know what to do, and they just don't want to be depressed, <laughs> thinking or worrying. Some people can just yeah. disconnect, and that's okay. I want the positive, you know, people in my life.
1: Now, you were diagnosed in October of last year, twenty twenty two, with uh, cancer in your other breast. But you were you offered the usual conventional treatment for that?
2: Well. all the testing unfolded and I made it to the breast surgeon thinking I would have another lumpectomy or possibly have a double mastectomy since it's in the other breast. I I assumed that that's what they were going to recommend. I never would think since I was only at 10 months since my previous mammogram that it had ever spread. Mm -hmm. So I was emotionally trying to prepare like what I was going to do. So when I saw her, she ordered a PET scan since I am have had cancer before. So once the PET scan came back and that it had metastasized, they don't offer uh, surgery. So really I was relieved. I mean, I just look at this as so much of a blessing because <laughs> I did not want to go through all this emotional turmoil again. I just did not. So And um, once... She told me that it had spread. It was almost like a relief because I thought, okay, I'm doing the RSO. I don't have to do anything. Everything that I've wanted um, to not have to do, I don't have to do it. I drawn my line in the sand how much I already believed in being in a legal state and what I've learned so much about the RSO. And I have been, you know, getting things at the dispensary, so. Where had it spread to, Kelly? Um, It was... I had a positive right axillary node, two lesions in my lower cervical spine. I don't have it in front of me. My lower thoracic spine had two metastases. My right hip, my sacrum, and my ilium. What was your what was uh, your prognosis? What did they say? Stage four um, breast cancer with Mets to the bones. The lump in my breast was 10 centimeters, so it was considered small. Okay, so what what did they say they could do for you? Estrogen blocker. They now have a chemo pill, and then for me to do some injections for my bones. I didn't really understand what the pill was at the time. My oncologist now, he's super cool. He knows I'm doing RSO. He knows. Mm -hmm. I just, I want him to know. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. I'm not doing this. I did everything before, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing it again. I'm controlling this. And he's he's great. He was good about it. But my mom went with me, and she's very concerned how a parent would be. I knew I was going to do the estrogen blocker to see if it just shut, you know, shut down the estrogen. And he's had set another pill. Well, when the nurse came in to give me all the information, I realized it's chemo, this pill. Mm uh I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that. And, she, and I said, I'm not going to kill any of my good. I'm not killing. I'm not doing that. And she and, you know, she kind of hee-hawed around the nurse. She was like, whoa, oh, it's not going to do that. It's not going to do this. And I've and it, it's like all this highlighted crap that you can print out 30 percent chance of this. I'm like, this is 30 percent chance. It really means 100 percent. I'm just saying my, my chance on getting neuropathy. So then I start validating with her, you know, I'm like, and then the injection for my bones, basically the chemo pill, one a day, $10,000 a month. The injection for my bones, wow. 17. And so 17,000, build to the insurance uh, you know i mean i don't i wouldn't have to pay that but i thought i'm not going to be a part of this i'm not i'm not taking it i'm not doing that i've done the estrogen blocker and everything you know seems fine
1: so you walked out on them were they a little pissed at you at the time
2: what's crazy is every time i go they still have that medicine on my list as though i'm taking it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like can you take that off so they finally got it off i'm like i'm not on that i'm not doing that i'm not taking that you know so they weren't really um mad like that i really kind of go in and try to protect my energy and not feel like i have to like debate i kind of mm, just yeah. just say it in short and i mean i'll ask the hard questions and i'll you know debate if they want to but When I I saw my nurse practitioner, I had to see the nurse practitioner. My oncologist is on vacation, and she doesn't know anything that I'm doing. So I could tell by her demeanor that she just, when she came in, she just said, I have never seen an estrogen blocker work faster than chemotherapy like this. I've never seen it. And I just looked at her in the eyes and just thought, wow. I said, have you ever seen this ever? Never. I said, do you believe in radical remissions? She just went like that. So that meant no. And I said, well, here's one. Here I am.
1: <laughs> tell, tell us the story about how you started with cannabis oil.
2: Being in a legal state, I, I have used it for my neuropathy and just the type of work I do, doing mayonnaise and petties for back pain and things like that. So I've always dosed a little bit. And I use I've been a cannabis user for years. And so I'm, I kind of, you know, really got into it once they became legal here. And I followed Rick Simpson and his story and all the wonderful things he was doing, helping people. And I have friends that are using it and seeing it change their lives and heal. So arthritis and weight issues and vitality and pain and all kinds of stuff. And I just, I've researched quite a bit that I had read, like, RSO is great for, like, bone cancer, like, for the mm-hmm. marrow, for your bone marrow, like, to help build your immune system, mm-hmm. which is what I felt like I I needed. And I just, I knew I was going to do it. I just had to figure out how not to feel stoned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Corey helped me with that, so.
3: How much did you take, Kelly? Was it multi-strain? Did you do most of it by a suppository, et cetera? The usual.
2: Well, I do do know that I ended up having over a nine-strain oil.
3: Good. Excellent.
2: And I had already been using some in the gummies and different things. So I just started doing just a little bit three times a day to get kind of used to it and then would do like half a gram suppository. Right at night. And then I started working up to more because I knew I wanted it to go through my liver, but then I wanted, you know, to get into my lymphatic too. So I just did it both ways. And so with eight, nine, like 11 days, I was up to a gram. Good for you. So The end of December, I had a lot of activity in my hip and my lower back. And I knew my PET scan was not far. And I just upped my oil because I didn't really understand what was happening. But I just thought, I need more. So I was doing a gram suppository at night, and then just little, little baby dosings through the day to where I wouldn't feel it or anything. That's interesting. You know, Kelly, something
3: that's just been found out or learned about fairly recently is that the cancer is far more active and aggressive at nighttime, but particularly with breast cancer, Okay. So, you know, um, when they did that documentary of me, I, you know, I talked about we do a small oral dose a night two rectal in the daytime. But now I'm, I've totally changed that when I'm speaking with patients because of the activity of cancer at nighttime. So that probably was really good that you got that gram on board that you were doing at night like that.
2: Yeah. And I just the only reason I didn't do it in the day just because I was working. Yeah. You know, so but it worked out. That's what I, I did well.
1: How do you feel now, Kelly?
2: I feel really good. I'm like, I'm ready to go travel. Like I'm renewing my passport. I am getting out of Dodge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some of the notes that you sent us, you said on February 15th, PET scan results being on protocol for 112 days, your lump in your breast went from 10 centimeters to 1.9, essentially two centimeters. So it shrunk that much.
2: Yes, yeah, eight centimeters. Ooh, eight yeah. centimeters. and nothing left in the bones. No, no. all that sh- oh. it says resolved. If you look at that PET scan, it says all the metastas, its resolved. And so I had to look up "resolved" in the dictionary. What that word is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Healed. It says resolved means healed. Mm.
3: Wow. So that—that that is pretty incredible. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome, darn it.
1: Yeah, it really is.
2: You're continuing to take oil, Kelly? I don't think I could ever get off of that with a clear conscience No, at all. No. You know, I mean, it's like I'm in it for life now. I mean, I'm not, I believe in it. It's helping me and I'm going to continue. I won't go back to the oncologist. I'll do three months now instead of once a month. And, and we'll see, you know, if they release me or how that works. I don't know. <laughs> Sign you off. (laughs) Yes.
1: Some of the people we've talked to, who Corey, who have gone off the oil, their cancer comes back with a vengeance, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I had that happen just this week, actually. A guy with bladder cancer that I cleared, they had given him months to live and we cleared him. He's been clear for a number of years, but he stopped doing his maintenance dose. He totally owned it. He said, I stopped doing my maintenance dose and it came back. So,
1: yeah. So, Kelly, where do you think you would be today if it wasn't for cannabis?
2: My goodness. Honestly, I mean, I would probably be doing some different natural type of modality or be somewhere getting high doses of vitamin C, eating, you know, I'd be trying to do something natural from the earth that mm-hmm. God made to heal me. I would be on that path. You know, I know there's a lot of great things out there. This is just you know, what's coming to my lens.
3: Yeah. And you're, you're continuing to do the very
2: healthy vegan diet, et cetera, as well? I'm not as strict vegan now. I take care of my mom. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a struggle there. It's easy <laughs> when you're by yourself. But I'm still eating really healthy. I get a juice every day and, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, everyone we've talked to who has been successful has changed their diet, eating more healthfully, And uh, I mean, it could be vegan, pescatarian, vegetarian, whatever feels good for them. And everybody's different. Everybody's body is different. But I think what you have done is truly remarkable in taking your health into your own hands, going the conventional medicine route, I think, probably out of fear initially.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: And now you've... Discovered cannabis oil, which has helped you tremendously, and you now have no evidence of disease. I think that's uh, really remarkable. You're on the right path. Way to go, girl!
2: <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much. I'm ready for three months for it for that 1.9 to be gone.
1: 1.9, it'll, it'll be gone.
2: Get that. Speck yeah, I mean, out of there. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's well, gonna, it, going to be
3: gone just, by I, next week. I just said, get that speck out of there yeah yeah yes, yeah.
2: yes. well wow, well
3: you look amazing you're positively glowing
2: thank you so much she looks great she? Yeah, i bet
1: you weren't glowing after your radiation treatments were you
3: yes, oh my she gosh was. it was glowing in a different way <laughs>
2: <laughs> i tell right. you i was i am that annoying patient i mean i was yeah you know yeah. i was working running a salon and you know you would come in and they're five, six, seven, eight people deep. They're not going to get to you on time. So I had walked out seven days in a row, and they never noticed. Finally, someone called me and wondered why I wasn't coming in. And I'm like, "Because you guys don't run on time. I have a business to run. I mean, I would prefer not to do this. You know." So I had to see the doctor, and he had to scold me and all this stuff. And I was just like, "You know, I'm not going to let you burn me up. That's all I have to say." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good. I think, uh, Kelly, you look, you look great and uh, you'll be perfectly healthy in a couple of months. Guaranteed.
2: Well, thank you so much for getting my story. I really hope that it helps other women.
3: Oh, it absolutely will. You helped me just the other day when I was talking to that lady and you happened to message me at that time. So, yes, your story will help for sure. Absolutely. It's so important for people to know they've got hope and it's doable. I mean, you were stage yes. four with, with cancer in the bone and it's gone.
2: It has happened so fast that I just feel like I have to tell everybody. You know, I just, I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just think maybe me not doing all this other stuff and just going straight in put, you know, let the RSO do everything that it needs to do than having other things block it, I guess.
3: Yeah. You know, Kelly, it's interesting. I am actually helping right now an oncologist out of a major cancer center. I'm not going to name the center, but major cancer center who has received a cancer diagnosis and does not want to do chemo. And he's gone straight to oil. I think that speaks volumes, you know,
2: it does. It, It really does.
3: Yeah, and that may well have been the difference. time is that you just went straight to the oil and just hit it hard with that. I just went
2: straight for yeah.
3: it. Who knows, right? I I, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm.
1: Kelly, it was great of you to share your story. We're uh, entering you in the Boston Marathon next year. Oh, so we will
2: first. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks maybe we doing can this.
2: do like scuba diving okay. or okay. I don't know. I would maybe even jump out of an airplane now, which I'm afraid of heights, but where I'm oh, at, I'm like, hey, face that fear. <laughs> so if travel,
3: you wanted to get your passport. You could two birds with
2: one stone.
1: <laughs>
2: I'll do it all. <laughs> thank Kelly, you for thanks so much. Right. Thanks.
1: Thanks for this. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you. God bless.
1: Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already. And we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you.